0: Yo, what's up to all the bros? This is our month where we are all about the brothers here at City Point. And so it has been um, just my delight and my honor to be able to bring messages to you all um, that are tailored to you all and just to hear what God has to say to the brothers this month. Thank you all for joining us on this our second week, second installment of our series entitled Bro. Last week, I talked about David as the warrior. This week, I wanna look at something different. I wanna talk about David, the worshiper. So if you missed last week, go back, check that out. It's on our social channels. It is also on YouTube. If you are not a subscriber to our YouTube channel, uh, make sure that you go and hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel uh, to check out last week's sermon as well as all of the stuff, uh, all of the sermons that we put out. I want to today look at 2 Samuel chapter 6. We're going to be looking at verses 12 through 16 and then 20 through 22. Let's bow in a quick word of prayer. Father in Jesus' name, thank you so much for giving us this chance to come together to hear your word, even though it is digitally. I pray that you will preach through me to these, your people, in a way that is real, in a way that is relevant, in a way that is effective and that challenges them. I pray that you will move me out of the way, and I pray that the real preacher in the person of the Holy Spirit will stand in my place. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 12, we're gonna be starting there. And this is from the English Standard Version. It says, and it was told King David, the Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. And when those who bore the ark of the Lord had gone six steps, he sacrificed an ox and a fattened animal. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the horn. Verse 16, as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul looked out of the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord and she despised him in her heart. And David returned, verse 20, and David returned to bless his household. But Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, how the king of Israel honored himself today, uncovering himself today before the eyes of his servants, female servants, as one of the vulgar fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. And David said to Michael, it was before the Lord who chose me above your father and above all his house to appoint me as prince over Israel, the Lord, the people of the Lord, and I will celebrate before the Lord. I will make myself yet more contemptible than this, and I will be abased in your eyes. We'll talk about David the worshiper, David the worshiper. I grew up in church and in reflection on what I experienced, when I look back on it, worship was gendered. Women caught the Holy Ghost, women shouted, women lifted up their hands to praise and worship God. Men generally sat stoic and unmoved. But maybe, just maybe, when it got to the good part of the sermon where the preacher hooped, then maybe during that part, men stood up in the front of the church There was really no raising of the hands to worship. There really was no shouting out hallelujah. The only shouts from the men was preach preacher. That was shouted at the preacher. Growing up in this and even experiencing it for most of my adulthood infused in me this sense that the culture of worship was reserved for women. That somehow it was okay to be emotional and yell and scream at basketball or football games for men. It was okay to lift up voices and hands in front of the TV during a sports game. But those emotions were not welcome, neither were they acceptable in the church. I intentionally wanted to place this sermon on worship after the sermon on David as a warrior. Because I wanted us to, first of all, look at David as embodying what is quintessentially considered to be, quote unquote, masculine, yet also embodying being a worshiper. I was hoping somehow through the picture of, through this picture of David to give men the permission and the freedom and the acceptability to at the same time be, quote unquote, masculine, yet be a worshiper. I really wanted David to provide for us a picture of a man who can both throw hands and lift up hands. I'm hoping to be able to liberate us by showing us a picture of David, a man who was nice with the sword and nice with the shout. I, I am hoping to liberate my brothers and to liberate even myself to be able to see worship as not a thing that is reserved for women, or a thing that is not reserved for us, but instead worship being a part of both our right and responsibility as men who serve God. In our story, that D- David has just been able to bring the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem. David had been uh, had tried previously before, yet he had been unsuccessful in his attempt to bring the Ark to Jerusalem. Uh, recently, he has been stalled by three months due to an incident that happened when they were first trying to bring the ark back. But, but this time, David is finally successful in bringing that ark to Jerusalem. Now, what you must understand about this ark is that it is said to have contained the presence of the Lord. And so in a real sense, for David, bringing the ark into Jerusalem was bringing the Lord's presence into Jerusalem. This time when David brings the ark up with him, all of his men, uh, along with David, stop periodically along this route and they continue over and over again to offer these sacrifices and these burnt offerings to God. Uh, David is showing this deep reverence that he has for God along the way. And then finally, when David makes it back into Jerusalem, he breaks out in parade type fashion And David, according to the Bible, starts dancing with all his might. David is jumping. David is leaping. David is celebrating before all of the people. And as David celebrates and as David dances and as David leaps so high and so hard, he ends up losing his clothes while he's dancing. Now, David takes some flack about this from his wife, Uh, Michael, who is watching and David ends up having a response to her when she confronts him later on. She says to him effectively in front of all of Israel, you embarrassed yourself today. David says, hold on a minute. It was in front of all of Israel that God favored me and God gave me this kingdom in front of all of these people over your father Saul. And So since God blessed me openly, I will praise him and I will worship him openly. I want to look at the story of David worshiping, and I want to look at three things that can speak a word to the brothers today about worship. I want to share with you, first of all, that David worshiped through celebration. The text says that David leaped and danced with all his might before the Lord. Brothers, let me say to you that we are to worship God through celebration. What I mean by this is whether we are in the church, whether we are at home by ourselves or in the car by ourselves, we are to be taking time to express to God how much he is worth to us through celebrating him. In Grant Park, in Chicago, in June of 1991, in June of 1992, in June of 1993, In June of uh, 1996, in June of 1997, and in June of 1998, Chicago got together probably over 10,000 people to celebrate the world champion, Chicago Bulls. Every year that it happened, it was hot, traffic was congested, There were a lot of people to navigate through. It was crowded, but people did what they had to do because the city wanted to show the team its gratitude and how much this team meant to them or literally how much the team was worth to them through celebration. Yeah, people brought flags. People, people waved those flags. People shouted and yelled and screamed when Michael Jordan got up to the microphone. People shouted in celebration because of all that the team had done for the city. But May I suggest to you that what we did in the city in the 90s to celebrate Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and the Chicago Bulls is a picture of what we ought to be doing, taking a moment to do every Sunday and even times when we are alone during the week. We ought to be finding ourselves taking some time to celebrate God because of all that he's done for you. Brothers, when we come to church, it's all right to stand up and lift up your hands toward heaven. It is okay to say hallelujah. It is okay to shout, "God, you are wonderful." All these things are okay. Why? Because of all that God has done for you. Yeah, the Bulls three-peated twice. The the Bulls solidified themselves as supreme for nearly a decade in the NBA. Yes, they were worthy of celebration. Yes. but can I talk to you for a moment about God? My grandmama used to say that he made a way out of no way. But I say that he keeps providing for me. I say that although I started from the bottom, God brought me here. I say that he has protected me on the dangerous streets of Chicago, that he created me, that he sustains me, that he provides for me so that I can provide for my family, that he keeps my mind sane, that he gives me peace in exchange for worry, that he preserves my life during a pandemic. And because of all of that, all of the things that God has done, I've got to celebrate him. Now, I may not be able to dance like David, but I have to to figure out what my own version of celebration is because God is worthy of my worship through celebration. So I have to lift up hands. I have to say thank you, Jesus. I have to say hallelujah. I have to say, God, you have been so good. I have to do it because God is worthy of my worship through celebration. And brothers, let me invite you in by saying it is okay to worship. It is okay to be a man who worships God through celebration. It is okay to lift up your hands. It is okay to say thank you, Jesus. It is okay to do those things in the presence of others. It is okay because God is worthy of our worship through celebration. So not only was David a worshiper who worshiped through celebration, but let me say to you secondly that there's a word for you, brothers, because David Secondly, worship through sacrifice. We see in the text that David, as he was bringing the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem, he pauses multiple times to do what? Pauses to offer a sacrifice. What that text expresses to me here is that worship is not just what we do when we celebrate through dancing. Worship is not just what we do when we lift up our hands, but that worship is also what we do through sacrifice. Yeah, brothers, when I jump on Zale on the first Sunday of the month to give my family's tithes for the month, I'm worshiping God through sacrifice. And when you go on Zale or when you text to give or whatever you happen to do to give, you are effectively worshiping God through sacrifice. May I say to you with the heart of sincerity and no malice, That when we sacrifice to God, brothers, it ought to indeed be a sacrifice. Yeah, we don't tip God. We we don't we don't offer that to God, which really literally costs me nothing. I I say this again with with, with no malice and no ill intent. But the God that I serve in all the ways that God has blessed me and provided for me financially, my God is not a twenty dollar God. The God that I serve is worthy of when I offer something to God, it needs to be a sacrifice. David is, uh, later on in David's story, David is, is looking to acquire some land so that he can there uh, offer some sacrifices to God. And, and it is there that um, David is offered to have it for free. And David says these words, David says, I cannot offer unto God that which costs me nothing. Yes, yeah, Sacrifice ought to be a sacrifice. Uh, but not only do we sacrifice through the, the giving of our treasure, may I su- su- suggest to you also that it, giving of our time and giving of our talent is also about sacrifice. How much of your time are you sacrificing for God? Is Sunday morning too much for you? Is getting up for Sunday service too much for you? I think it is just the right sacrifice for God. I I get it. You ain't got to be at church every week or stream uh, every single week. But if a whole month goes by and I have not engaged with physical church, I have not engaged with digital church. My question to you this morning is where is the sacrifice to God? Yeah, when I volunteer at church or when I volunteer for the community, I am worshiping God through sacrifice with my talent. When we find time in the midst of our busyness during the week to volunteer, whether it is at the church or volunteering to serve others outside of the church, we are worshiping God through sacrifice. Now, here's what I'm expecting, brothers. I'm expecting that this week that I'm going to get some DMs or some emails for some brothers reaching out saying, Pastor, what, what are some ways that I can sacri- that I can worship God through sacrifice, through volunteering at the church? What, what are some things you know about, Pastor, in the community that need support, that can use men to be involved, that I can volunteer with so that I can sac- worship God through the sacrifice of my talent and, and my time? What all of this begs is the fact that who we are and what we have, every piece of real estate that I own, every dime that I have, every dollar that I have, all those things are available to be used by God. He gave it to me. It belongs to him and he simply entrusted it to me. The health in my body, the acumen in my mind, the ability to do things, the ability to create, all of that comes from God. God gave it to me. And it is proper worship when I sacrifice for it to be used at his disposal. Let me hurry this thing along. Thirdly and finally, David worshiped despite contempt. The text says that David's wife, Michael, took issue with the way that David celebrated David had danced so hard and celebrated so hard before the Lord that his, his linen ephod came off. And his wife felt that as king, David had embarrassed himself in front of all the people. What David said to her was effectively his refusal to allow her feeling of contempt to deter him. David says to her that it was in front of all of Israel that God blessed me, that he granted me favor, that he elevated me to the position of king when he rejected your father Saul. Therefore, since God blessed me in front of them, I will absolutely bless God in front of them. And he says to Michael, don't worry about it, baby, because if you thought today was something, just you wait. I will get even more undignified than this. Yeah, what David effectively says to her is, get your mouth off my worship. What David effectively says to her is, let what is happening between me and God be between me and God. In essence, David says, you will not shame me out of celebration, but I will worship God through celebration anyway. And that is a word for us brothers today. To not let anybody with that toxic masculinity or skewed view of gender shame you out of worshiping your God. Brothers, when we come to church, we should not care or have to be preoccupied with cool posing, with trying to be careful how people perceive us and how people perceive our masculinity. This is between me and God. Yeah, I'm standing, lifting up my hands in worship. I am shouting hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God, you've been so good because this is my expression of celebration, of worshiping through celebration to my God. You will not shame me out of it. You will not shame me out of it no matter how much contempt you have for me. You will not shame me out of this because God is worthy of my worship. I wanna say to you that we should worship despite contempt. When I was growing up in the church, they used to simply say it like this, you don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me. And some of us like me grew up with mice and roaches and some of you now got maids, nannies, and groundkeepers. You don't know like I know what the Lord has done Done for me. Some of us grew up in the projects, now live in the penthouse overlooking the city's skyline. You don't know what the Lord has done for me. Some of us grew up with parents with addictions, but now the Lord has delivered them and they are living clean. You don't know, like I know, what the Lord has done for me. Some of us have friends that have died and others who have gone to jail, and we recognize that we should have been one of them and should have been one of the statistics. But, God, you don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me. And so excuse me while I worship my God through celebration. Excuse me while I worship my God with all of my masculinity, with all of my security in who I am as a man. Excuse me while I worship my God through celebration. And excuse me while I worship my God despite contempt because of all that God has done for me.